before we get started this morning. But I just want to set up some theology here tonight. So in Matthew chapter 28, some verses that we're all very familiar with. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you, and lie with you always, even to the end of the age. I want to focus around this, uh, this little piece of the verse here where it says, uh, Teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. So, teach them to observe. Teach. Regularly focus on. What, what, when we're making disciples, if we're making disciples of Jesus, Jesus is saying the one thing that you need to regularly focus on is to teach them to observe or obey all that I've commanded you. And so he's saying, make the focus of what you do in making disciples, continually come back and teach around this topic to observe or obey all that I've commanded you. It's to be the hub of a bicycle wheel. There are spokes called tithing, serving, prayer meetings, reading the word, all the casting out demons, healing the sick, all these spokes, but they all come out of this one hub. The primary thing when you're making disciples is you need to keep teaching people this thing. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. The word observe or obey there actually means in the Greek to guard from loss by keeping your eye upon. So teach them to guard from loss by keeping their eye upon. Keep, keep their eye upon what? All that I have commanded you. The word I is really, 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 really important here. We've been taught, and appropriately so, that the two great commandments is what causes everything to happen. And that is true. But Jesus actually gave us his own commandment by which we're meant to live in New Testament Christianity. The new commandment, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And so if we go to John chapter 15, we find that Jesus actually gave us his own commandment. In John chapter 15 and verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. He reiterates it down in verse 17. This I command you, that you love one another. Guard from loss, teach them to guard from loss by keeping their eye upon all that I have commanded you. And so as followers of Jesus, the one thing that he wants us to keep our eye on is his commandment. In John chapter 13, we find him saying something similar, but he, there's a really important piece in here. John chapter 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So God is wanting to shake us so that we love well. We don't love well because that answering that question, what is right and required for acceptance, to belong, to feel safe and feel secure, we've turned it into a performance issue rather than an acceptance issue. And that's why Paul says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. They that serve Christ in this way are acceptable to God and will be approved by men. Here Jesus is saying the way we'll change the world is to learn how to love well. How to do relationships well. Now we know this intellectually. I knew intellectually in 2005 that God loved me. But I didn't know it by experience and encounter enough to deal with those four fears. So, the thought I want to pull out here is a new commandment I give to you. If it's a new commandment, there's some information in here we've never heard before. It sounds very similar to the second commandment. 
of the two great commandments. Love God with everything. Love one another as you've loved yourself. Here, a new commandment I give to you. So the Old Testament commandment was love one another as you love yourself. The New Testament commandment is love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as you love yourself is an issue of performance. It's an issue of behaviour. Love one another as I have loved you is an issue of encounter and experience. A new commandment I give to you. Guard from loss by keeping your eye upon all that I have commanded you. Guard from loss by keeping your eye upon to love one another as I have loved you. Guard from loss by keeping your eye upon. Teach them, continually come back to the importance of knowing how much you're loved by God so that you can love others well. If you don't know by experience and encounter how much you're loved by God, you will not be able to love other people well. And so what I want to humbly suggest to us tonight is one of the reasons why we don't love well in the church and why the whole world... Jesus said, by this all men will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. It's such a simple key. But we, we try and do all these other, you know, the, the great things. I mean, you know, we, we've got programs coming out of our ears at Stairway. Church of 30, uh, staff of 35 people, a couple of thousand people, and we've got all these programs in there, but they've all got to be a means to an end, not an end in themselves. The means to the end is how are we helping people to discover how much they're loved by God? What does that look like? Because we've become convinced that God actually, this is the, it's the way he's always wanted to reach the world. But we've just lost sight of it. Wow. Do you remember that? Oh, Lord Jesus, Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit. When that hit me, I was like, this is exactly what I need to hear for the day that I'm in. In 2015, there had been people that had left the church, close people in me and I was struggling with that whole scenario it was difficult and what I did not recognize is what he said in this is that these are opportunities in our life that God gives us a chance to examine ourselves. remember we talked about last week become self-aware and take personal responsibility something is happening in my world right now that is affecting me so I that how can I love that person well even though what they did or what they're doing is hurting me so bad and this is where we are in the church. This is where we are in our relationships. How do I love well when another person that I'm dealing with hasn't, has done me wrong? Okay? So it's from that well, and he said, it's from that well when he says, love one another as I have loved you. There is a well of living hope that comes from Christ. We talked about that newness of life. Well, where does that come from? Does it come from earth? comes from heaven. And because it comes from heaven, that's making the dwelling place in you. And what we're challenged to do is in these situations is release that into our situation. Release heaven from my heart to here. Right? But in the world, we're taught differently. Right? You treat me nice, I treat you nice, all is good. Kids learn this. Why did you slap him? Because he called me a name. Okay, right? But I want to ask the question, what did Jesus do for you? 
How did Jesus love you? Did he say, when Danny gets his act together or Tom gets his act together, then you can come to me and, and we'll have a party. But don't you dare get, come here until you get your act together. <laughs> that would have been tough. Darla, that would have been tough. Right? Get your stuff together and then you come. But there is a generation that learned life that way. Right? They had the tremendous fear of their parents. A generation that if you didn't do the right thing, oh man. I, I remember hearing stories, and this is uh, in school, kids that, did, that misbehaved. The teacher would literally take, there's some stories what teacher did, and this isn't too long ago, 60 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, literally took the head of this child and went boom on the desk. Okay. Now, you would not do that today, okay? Because you know what happened today. That kid didn't tell mom and dad. You know why they didn't tell mom and dad? Because if they got home, they'd go boom on the table. It would have been the same thing. And you learn to follow the rules because if you didn't follow the rules, guess what? You're going to be punished. And a generation that learned, learned it was about following the rules. I'm going to be accepted as long as I follow the rules. Well, Christ didn't accept you, and didn't, it didn't come to the cross because you followed the rules. He didn't die on the cross. So now there's this whole kingdom that is now available to us through Christ, which he's just talking about, that we need to learn to live in an acceptable the way he did it. So I get up in the morning, do I look like Christ this morning? What is that inside of me? And this is what that whole conference is about. What is inside of me right now is this completely agitated, that's completely off the marker, okay? And he brought up this scenario. If you want to turn to Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 through 27. He said, then Jesus got into the boat, and he started to across the lake with his disciples. And then suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with, with the waves breaking it into the boat. So waves were coming in there. But Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and woke him up and shouted, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. And the disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked, that even the winds and the waves obeyed him? Jesus was bringing the kingdom of God. They said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. When the kingdom meets this earth, one wins, right? One overrides. And he said to the disciples, I thought you would have known by now that you can do something right? He wants you to know that you can do something. I become self-aware and I become personally responsible for what is going on in here, and I realize that God wants us to tap in to the living waters, to the love of God, to the things that we're grounded in, into him, and release that into the situation. I need to be able to take that information. I need to shift it from one thing into the other and say, how am I, God, how do you want me to release? How do I love this person right now? That's why Jesus says these crazy things about loving your enemies. We can't conceive that. You wouldn't love your enemies, would you? Not on earth, 
But Jesus says you love your enemies. It is a challenge to, to love people from, from a depth that he gives us. That I'm so gladly, re- that I'm so glad to receive, but I have a very difficult time giving. Okay? Remember Ephesians 2. I don't live the natural way like that according to that anymore. That's not my permission. You used to live that way, Ephesians 2, 1, but by the sins, by the way the world does it. I do it the way, my theologic, theologic thinking came from the world, right? The disciples were in that situation. The waves came. And last time when the waves came, it didn't turn out so good. The last time I was in a relationship like this, it didn't turn out. To, last time when I had a difficulty, it didn't turn out so good. And that's what Jenny was just praying about in our past. We become captive to our past. Because last time I was there, something very bad happened. So this is as far as I'm going to go. And we create those structures. And that was the shift. We create the structures around us, right? And we want to have rules because we so gravitate to rules. As long as you follow the rules, I'm safe. Right? As long as you follow the rules, we're good. As long as you follow the rules, you're good. But guess what? When the rules break, then what? So we're tiptoeing over everybody with the rules. And it becomes, very, it becomes very hard to get healing. It becomes very hard to open up because that's all you're thinking about is rules. A generation that, that, that has a hard time just receiving rules because what they don't, they don't want, I'm going to tell you something about this next generation. They don't want a relationship with your rules. They want a relationship with you. You want to change the next generation? Don't give them all your rules. Rules are good. Don't get me wrong. But something needs to come first. What came first? Jesus. And Jesus didn't come first because you kept the rules. Right? The whole Old Testament, think about it. All those things. That's what we need to believe for. That's what we need. But we can't do it following the rules. Let's talk about budget. Right? (laughs) Any of you is going to come down to earth this morning. Budgets are good because we need to know what we're believing for. We're not confined by a budget. We're not restrained by a budget because we're believing God as our provider. And when we step in, we'll be, it's fine to have a budget. We need 10000 for a well. You need to know what you're believing for. We're believing for $10,000. We got $10,000. The whole, all those rules, what are we believing for through Christ? is that he's going to show us and he's going to give us the fulfillment of that when we trust in him. So he wants us, when we come into these situations in life, and this is what he talked about, and this is what I feel. God is not trying to bring your past back to you. But we tend to gravitate to the past because we have not faced the storm and lived it out through Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is the experience that Peter Mickey was talking about. He said, I know in my head that I'm supposed to forgive and love that person, but I'm really having a hard time with that person or that child, right? Moms and dads, come on. When a situation comes up and your child has broken the rules and done something to hurt your relationship, immediately there's a response that wants to rise up in you and say, what do you think you were doing? Right? Well, okay. Now, did Jesus do that to you? What do you think you were doing? making me look bad, <laughs> right? That's what we do here on earth. But that's not why Jesus treat, tra- oh, excuse me, treated is not a word. 
That is the way Jesus, didn't she, Jesus taught us that way. Can you just talk for me? Dot. <laughs> it's dot. I get so excited, I get flustered. But that's what God's bringing us to. Because I like what he says, that hub, that center. That center hub was a great illustration for me. Because I believe we should teach on tithing. And I do believe on, on forgiving and healing the sick and all these things. But if, it, if we don't have that center core right there in the right place, right, it all falls apart. It becomes performance. As long as, I, as long as I do well, then I'm safe. But that center core, I have my security and trust in him. Let's read another scripture that Paul talks about. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 19. This is Paul talking. He said, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Say inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know his love that surpasses all the knowledge that you may be filled, say filled, to the measure of all fullness of God. Come on. It's hitting on the very heart is, is what Lay said, rooted and grounded in love. And there's been times in life where I've had discussions with family, with people, and my, where I ask myself, do I even love this person anymore? Be honest. Does anybody love each other anymore in this room? We're having this discussion. Do we even care? That's a love check. Am I loving well? And when I determine in my heart, before I even address the situation, this is what I'm finding, before I even address this situation, if I determine in my heart to ask God, Lord Jesus, about this person, Lord, help me to love this person. God, show me what this person is struggling. Show me what's going on in their life. Remember, behavior is an echo of belief. Their behavior is an irritant to me. But if I don't find out what they're believing, it'll always keep happening because of what they believe. So how can I speak to the belief and address the behavior, but really reach somebody's heart? And it's when you love somebody who's used you, it's when you love somebody who's been abused to you that their hearts open up. This was what Dave Wagner was told, or, or Dave Wagner heard from a minister was, who was ministering overseas. And it was a Buddhist and it, or another religion. I, I don't remember, but... He said this. He said, listen, I can argue your doctrine. Okay? I can do that. I can argue your theology. I can argue these things. But there's one thing that I can't argue. There's one thing that just totally breaks that I can't stop. And they were on a mission field and they were feeling children. I said, I can't argue the love of God in your life. Because it's unconditional. It's never, it doesn't stop. 
right? And it keeps on going and going and going. And that totally breaks you. It's like, why would you love me? Why, I don't even love myself. Why would you love me? And that's where I find a lot of people are at. They're encountering a situation in my life where God is saying, you need to love well here. You need to reach in in this deep situation and you need to project love. You know what? You're right about that point. That is out of order. You're absolutely right. That child of yours, <laughs> Tom, okay? <laughs> Gosh. We need to deal with some things, okay? I know that. And I'm not saying you don't deal with them. But a whole generation rejects some things because it wasn't, they didn't want a relationship with the rules. They wanted a relationship with you. And I don't want to say to a generation, you know, you can come to this church as long as you follow the rules, right? You're welcome as long as you follow the rules. It's important that you know the truth about the word of God. It's important that you know the Old Testament because you need to know what you're believing for. But that is not a requirement to come here and be touched by God. Because that's how I got, that's how I got set free. I got set free because someone came in my life and loved on me through my difficulty. They didn't shame me. They didn't blame me. They said, you know what? And because they loved on me, I was able to admit and to release my deep fears. Right? And it's in that place. It's in that place because fear, fear is a great indicator. If it stirs something up inside of you and you have fear, it says the, the perfect love of God casts out all fear. That means there's a place there that I need to experience God in my inside, that Christ may dwell in you and your hearts through faith. This is the dwelling place. Say, this is a dwelling place for Christ. He's here. This is his dwelling place. And if Christ is in you, guess what? That means all your situations. That means all the encounters that you have is that Christ is with you. Right? So God, I learned, I learned from you. I learned from him. It says in, um, Jesus says in, let me just look up the scripture. In Matthew, you remember that scripture that says, come to me all who are heavy laden and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon it and learn from me. I'm trying to find that scripture. Matthew 11, verse 27. He said, all things have been committed to me, my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those whom the Son chooses to reveal. I feel that this morning. God was trying to reveal himself to you. This is who I am. Come to me. All you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Does anybody need some rest? There are places in there that I'm agitated that I need to have rest. When I get some information, whether it's my children, whether it's a situation in church, those information, there is something that is trying to rob me and bring me into another place where I don't have rest, where I don't have peace. In that situation where I determine in my heart, God, show me, Lord, where I need to love well here, something is released in me that I could have rest. Because I know from that place, my ultimate objective is to show God and show and minister to that person. It could be your wife. It could be your children. God, show me how do I minister love and release love and see you through that. Because they need that. They need to see that in you.
Because that's what they're going to believe. You can preach to them all you want about the word, but if you're not showing that, they're not going to stick with you. This generation, one thing they cannot stand is, is you saying one thing and acting another way towards them. You'll lose them. And you're going to get tested. I know I shared this last week, this sermon last week, and I felt like, man, there's some things that happened that I was tested right away. Isn't there a parable about that? You know, the seed's sowing, and then right after the seed's sowing, something comes. Yes. Trials come. Things come. So, do you really believe that word you said about loving well? Not right now, apparently. <laughs> right? You feel that inside of you, and you have that wrestling. Like, ah, uh, what happened there? Who said what, did what, did where? The waves are crashing in, Dwayne. Right? Then I've been here before and I don't like this. And God's wanting us to speak to that. He's wanting to release us from some things in the past. The way you used to do things no longer pertains to you because you've become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And he's trying to show us how to respond in things. And it builds confidence. It says, God loves me, right? I know he loves me. I know that Jesus is with me. I know that in my head, but I don't know about it in my heart. And when my heart agrees with that, there is a peace that rests on me. And I want to be equipped with that because if I'm going to go out there and love people well and take all that crazy information, because I'm telling you right now, things aren't getting like tamer out there. Things are getting crazier in terms of sin and cra crazier in terms of people's theology and thoughts, right? But the one thing they can't argue with, the one thing they cannot stop, the one thing they cannot manufacture, the one thing they cannot produce is God's love. It is limitless. It's without boundaries. It breaks through to a generation, right? Because I'm telling you, they're just waiting for you to say something negative. And then I'm gone. Right? That's what they're waiting for. And it's not okay that you're in sin. And it's not okay that you're doing this. I get that. It's not. But what's going to change their belief about who God really is? Because that's the main problem. That is the main problem. I don't see God that way. And someone's going to demonstrate an unconditional love in my world. I was at the Toby Mac conference, and, or conference, concert, and the man that came here said that Christ bridged the gap. There was a gap. And he bridged that gap to bring people in. Did Christ bring you in? Did he? How did he do that? Come on. The greatest testimony in our lives, the things that will change people's lives is your testimony. How did God get a hold of you? I know some of your stories. Man, oh man. How did he do that? That is so, I love those stories. Because I hear stories, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, but there's some people that did not grow up in a Christian home. They had to face some hard things. But they, got, they found Christ. And how Christ made a difference in their life. Some wild childs. Some wild people, I'm telling you what. But when Christ came in, something changed inside of them. There was a freedom. There was a set free. There's a love that they have never experienced before. They're inside of every single one of us. Every single one of us. There's a sense of where do I belong? Out there, where do I belong? Where will I feel secure? Right? Where do I go? There's this plug in our, where do I plug this thing? 
where I can know I can belong, where I can feel secure, right? Where I can feel significant. Where does this go? Where do I put this thing? Right? And we try to create constructs where we feel like we belong, and we do that. Well, that thing belongs in Christ. That, th- that plug-in that we, every single one of us look like to put in has to go into Christ. That's it. That's where it belongs. And it's from that place when we plug it in, I'm telling you, there's nothing, it wouldn't work any other way. You plug in something and it doesn't work anyway. You don't plug it in the ground. You don't plug it in the earth. You plug it into the Holy Spirit. You plug it into God. And we get connected and we operate from there. Amen? It is our pursuit of unity that we learn to love well. Remember last week's question I had? Does anybody remember the question? I said, if you remember one thing last week, I said, remember this question. You remember? Do, 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 do. Who told? Who told you that? Who told you that? Remember that? And Eve and Adam at the, at the Garden of Eden, who told you that? First it was, where were you? And then who told you that? When we're struggling with ourselves and we think negatively towards ourselves that we can't, who told you that? Right? When you get worked up inside about a situation and you, you have to ask, who told you that? Where did you get that? Where did you get that information from that that was an acceptable way to live, to live out and to release it? Where are you getting, where is that coming from? Who told you that? I love that because, because I was just like, okay, who told you that? When, when someone says, man, I'm not worth it. I'm no good. Okay, well, who told you that? And we want to pull that from everything around us and everything that's going on. And God's saying, this is, this is your rock. This is the center hub. This is the center hub of your life. This is what I want you to constantly go to. This is what I want you to constantly be reminded of. This is where I want you to constantly go back to, continually teach them, continually go back to this place of knowing to love one another as I love you. Go back there every time. Don't forget it. Yes, we're going to deal with ties. Yes, we're going to deal with objectives. We're going to deal with programs. We're going to do all these things. But we cannot forget. Keep, in, keep teaching them this. Keep reminding them of this to love one another as I love you. Remember this. Guard from loss. I don't like the word loss. I don't want to lose. But if I'm believing something in me that isn't true, I'm going to lose. I'm going to believe in a lie. I'm going to allow that past event to become my future event to become my current event and then continue to be my future event i don't want it anymore and some of you were totally sick of that stuff which is like i'm done with that and you're done with it right now if you determine in your heart whatever that situation is god that i give that to you and i'm gonna love that person well i'm gonna love like you loved me and then you're released from that then you can forgive truly you could forgive from that when I had a trouble, this is, I'm going to end on this story, and I know I say that like three times before I end, so that's one. <laughs> when I was having a hard time forgiving somebody, I remember God, God doesn't speak to me, so, but what, what he said this is, were you any better? <laughs> you know, there's things that God could say in his timing that just, totally break you right were you any better like Paul said I'm I'm the worst of sinners yet here I am 
because of the grace of God. I'm preaching this message because of the grace of God. But my God, great in mercy, came to save me. Because of his great love for me, he saved me. That has to be here solid center, no matter what. Come on, church. Come on, church. We're going to go places, we're going to do things, but we cannot forget this. Where I've gotten in trouble is where I forgot this. On me. My bad. I did not love well there. I did not look like Jesus at all. <laughs> I didn't. And it's not that we shouldn't address issues, because I believe we should. If we love our kids, we will tell them the truth about what needs to happen here. But we're going to do it from a place like that. But you do need to address these issues. It does need to come in line with the word of God if you want them to live, if you want them to be equipped, if you want them to be ready. But it's not out of fear. It's that my God is so great in mercy. My God came to save me. Thank you, Jesus, you came to save me. I knew that I was wrong. I was wrong about something, and when I knew I was wrong, I wasn't afraid to come to God because I knew that he loved me because he loved me because he loved me, and he wasn't going to shame me. Rather, he was going to show me how to live and how to take that and walk with him and learn from him. God, teach me. Lord God, right now, if your prayer is, Lord God, there, I am having a relationship issue. I, I'm having this thing at home. Lord God, show me how to love well. God, teach me. Lord God, just tell me how to speak to this storm. Lord, tell me how to release love on my husband or love on my wife or love on my children or love in, this, in, this, in, the, in the workplace or wherever I'm at, God. Teach me, Lord Jesus, to love well. Teach me, Father God, hallelujah, that I can speak to the storm. God, and teach me, show me places where I don't believe so much about me. Sometimes we need to be revealed about who we really are. Right? that we can speak to, so, to the storms, that our faith, that we become to the full measure of who God is. And that was, that was his prayer. He said, I pray this, that you would have the love of God rooted in, in, in your place, that you would come to the fullness of God, rooted and established in love, right? That you may have the power, say power, together with the Lord's holy people, to grasp, to get a hold of, to know. I want to know how wide, how long, and how high and deep the love of Christ really is. How far does it go? Does it go past? Does it go past someone who committed abortion? Does it go somewhere that might be struggling with something with homosexuality? Does it go past that? Does it go past murder? Does it go past divorce? Does it go past that? In, in his world, if it does, it needs to be real in my world. I need you, church, to release, to know the power, to release that, to release people into truth so that they would know. And he allows, he doesn't orchestrate his situations in our life, but when situations come up and opportunities come up to love well, to believe, to speak in faith, it's an opportunity to discover who God is for you, and you need to release that because it's a standoff point for you to go forward. And we don't recognize those things. We think it's the devil all the time. Bind the devil. No, you rise up and speak to the storm because you need to know that you have authority to do that. You need to know Christ is in you, that you can demonstrate love. Don't pray for just the pastor to do everything. This is getting off me and on you. It's not my job to love all your friends or raise your kids. I mean, I'll love on them. I'll do what I can do. But I'm telling you, they're looking to you, mom and dad. Right? And you guys are wonderfully and beautifully made, and you could release the love of God into them. Amen? Amen. 
Amen. Are you getting this this morning? You, it is so critical. I believe where we're going, we will never forget this. We maybe just pre- preach this every year or something that we would never forget. We would never, because you know what? If you're, if, you're, if you're running a skitster loader and the wheel falls off, that doesn't work so good. If you're driving down the road and the wheel, if this is the center spoke of what God, God wants us to always have in our, in, our, in our life, he says, keep from loss, then we need to make sure we keep this number one. Drop the issue, make sure the relationship's good. Okay? Get the relationship right, tackle the issue. Okay? Do that with your kids, do that with your friends, do that with your husband. Say, don't make the issue the issue. Guard the relationship. Reassure them that my relationship doesn't depend on your behavior, but I want to help you learn who you really are so that you can get past this so you don't deal with this the rest of your life. Amen? Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father God, let's stand. Father God, we thank you. Come on, we thank you, Father God, that you are so great and you're so powerful, Lord Jesus. God, that you are so rich in mercy and by your Holy Spirit. When it said, that prayer was, when Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and burdened. Lord Jesus, and I will give you rest. I want to go here, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and I will restore your souls. Come to me and learn from me. God, take me on a journey of learning, discovering that I may release the love of God that I have received in my family, in my heart. And God, help me to see how you see me. If you're at home right now and you're struggling with things and you have that burden, I'm telling you right now that God is wanting to come in and inundate our life and show his great mercy to us and love on us and show us hey you know what I understand the behavior stinks but I want you to know what you're believing is affecting your uh, behavior God I want to know how much I'm loved so from that fountain Lord Jesus I can be secure and I know I belong that I can reach out Lord Jesus and do the things Lord that I know that you want me to do it's the very core of every, every believer that we need to have in our lives Lord Jesus God, I thank you, Lord, that you're bringing me to that place. Lord, I'm thankful, God, that you're not done with me yet and I'm still on earth. And you're showing me these places where I need to grow and release your goodness in our life. So I thank you, Father God. I pray right now that as we go out, as David, as, as Paul prayed, like, right? As Paul prayed, I pray that out of the glorious riches, he may strengthen you with his power. I pray that he will strengthen you with his power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in you and your hearts through faith. I pray for you this morning that you are rooted and established in love and may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep the love of Christ is. To know this love that surpasses everything in knowledge that you may be filled with the measure and the fullness of God. We do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a blessed week. We're going to have a blessed week. Let's have the best week we've ever had. Hey, and when these opportunities come, come on now. Let's love well. Let's seek the Lord and let's love well. Amen. Be blessed.